Hello there, chummers, and welcome back to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast, a Shadowrun 4th Edition actual play podcast. In episode 26, we follow along as Grace and Ollie spend some downtime together, shopping for illegal goods, exploring abandoned buildings, causing bedlam, and generally bonding, as only a changeling catwoman and an equestrian pony can. As always, featuring Beth as Grace, a.k.a. Nightingale, and Val as Ollie, a.k.a. Boxer. It's really whiz that you are joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please tell your friends and leave us a positive review. We are available on most podcast services, YouTube, iTunes, etc. You can also find a link to our Discord server in the podcast description and on the YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you, and we share a lot of in-game pay data there as well such as maps, intros, fluff, and character stories. On other topics, the secretive guild of Shadowrun podcast and content creators that I may or may not be part of invites you cordially to check out the great pay data that is being created for you on The Matrix. Today it is my pleasure to present to you an absolute Drexstorm. Why there, chummers, have you ever wanted to steal an egg? And not just any egg, a magic dragon egg. And not just any magic dragon egg, but one locked away under super high security, where you'll probably die and then be magically revived and forced to work for the very corp that killed you. No? Oh, well, too bad. Welcome to an absolute direct storm, a Shadowrun 5th edition podcast where I constantly put my players in bad situations and they find the most difficult way to solve them, typically involving lots of murder and death. But they don't need to worry about dying because of the Draco Knight in their body, which seems to be reviving them and totally isn't doing bad stuff that is slowly turning them into drakes and causing them to lose all control of their instinct and kill all their friends. So come on down and join Group H, a ragtag group of Shadowrunners whose moral compass doesn't exist, just trying to survive Seattle while being hunted down by a mysterious dragon and being bossed around by the Draco Foundation. We have poison, we got AIs, we have Santa Claus, we have betrayal, a lot of burnt edge, zero brain cells, and milk. So come on down to any podcast listening app and search for an absolute direct storm. We'll, we'll, we'll be waiting for you. Goodbye. Thank you again, Chummers. Don't forget, watch your back. Conserve your ammo. Don't let your soulless street sand try to talk your team into a black site. And never, ever make a deal with a dragon. Thank you.
You dial Curie's comlink number, and uh, after a couple of rings, uh, sort of an insulting number of rings, actually, you you, you get the signal that it that it's been answered, and you can hear his voice over the comlink. Oi, who's this? This is Boxer. Ooh, Boxer. I sold you that shipment of weapons. Oh yeah, Cat Lady, right? Cat Lady, the one with the funny ears and the freaking face mask. Yes. I remember you. What can I do for you? You got some more uh, stuff for me to buy? Not quite. Rather, I have something I would like to buy from you. Oh. Well, do tell. What can I do for you? Well, for one thing, I have a need for um, explosives. Fragmentation grenades, to, that, fragmentation grenades to be specific. Right. Easy enough. And in addition to this, I have need for a, a jammer. An area jammer. The quality kind. I'm aware of oh. the price I can pay. All right. Well, you say you want some quality goods, then? Mm-hmm. Well, I can do that. Me. might take me a day or two. Take your time. And you've got Noyan? Of course. All right. So, I call you back at this number, then? Mm. Yes, this is my work number. All right. Didn't figure you for the sort, but good enough. Business is business. Indeed. He signs off. <laughs> that fucking man. Are you guys? You guys are hanging out right now, right? Yeah. Or has Grace gone back to Pines? Um, I don't know if Grace would be comfortable going back home yet. Is so? Is Grace? Is she feeling a little bit? What, how, tell us about Grace. How is she feeling? Is she feeling? What's her sort of state at the moment? Is uh, how do you say <laughs> scared? <laughs> She's still kind of unnerved about the... The wolf? The wolves? Just the recent past. She's worried about, like, what has happened recently and what that implies about her her future and her safety in the sixth world. Uh, um, what specifically is making her worried, then? Uh, if I recall correctly... Um, she knows that there wasn't anyone who was specifically looking for her, right? Or at least she doesn't, she wouldn't know that they were looking specifically for her. But there is quite a conspicuous gap in the media coverage of when they uh, kidnapped Cecile back. Which, Have uh, you done him, uh, any kind of matrix search regarding that? Cecile did. And I, uh, I asked her about it. And she was like, it's no horse, you're not here. I suppose we To what extent do you feel that you're the 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 woman that you know, the young female the young human woman that you know as Cecile, to what extent do you think she's a reliable source of information? I think she knows how to work computers, and to me computers are just big black boxes. Make let's see, how would we do this? Um if if I were to search, I would fail miserably because I have a minus five to. Uh, I guess do a it? judge intentions zero. So you rolled against Cecile, mm-hmm. and you you think you have well, you're pretty sure you have a very good read on this human person, and you're also quite certain that if she did any kind of matrix search. It was mainly 
about herself. Mm, She's maybe I should ask Box. Quite a self-centered, not self-centered, but. Uh, she's got a kind of tunnel vision in which her main concern at the moment is herself. Understandable. I should probably ask Boxer about it then. Yeah, the chances are that if you got any information from Cecile, it's very much through the lens of what Cecile is concerned with at the moment. Hmm. I'm imagining Boxer is like making calls when the horse like seemingly just appears <gasps> and is like, Hey, Boxer! Ollie. Oh. Yes. Uh, so you remember whenever you said you'd help me look stuff up on the internet? Mm, on the yes. Matrix? Uh, so, um, I've been kind of worried about uh, uh, what you remember when we grabbed Cecile? She um, she was you know she was looking into the news coverage on what had happened. And uh, she told me at the time that uh, that I was conspicuously missing from said coverage. And um, I was thinking it might be pertinent to just confirm that if that's true or not. All right. Mm. All right. I'll do a little looking. Yeah. So, thank you. Do you have any I, pertinent uh, skills? I have computer. Computer. I mean, most people nowadays would know. Would be pretty, I mean, fairly proficient exactly at doing just sort of a Google, for the Google. Search. Yeah. So it's not very hard to find the news. How much time are you going to spend on this? Mm, no more than uh, a few hours. Okay. So you spend a couple of hours, and what are you sort of searching? What's your sort of parameter? What are your parameters for this search? Uh, she's looking for images, news stories. Basically, publicly accessible stuff. She isn't really thinking of digging in to like hacker man stuff. <laughs> okay, you start doing some searches. You're going to do spend a couple of hours on this. Yep. All right. So, how about give us a give us four rolls of computer plus logic. Mm. All right. So, over the course of four hours, you get a total of six hits, and you're able to pull up quite a bit of information about the supposed kidnapping and, or kidnapping attempt and murder of Cecile. Um, the, the media is still treating it, still towing the official line that Cecile, this uh, young researcher at the Evo Labs at Washington University, was um, forcibly extracted or attempted to be extracted by shadow runners and in the course of the extraction attempt was killed you do find photos of yourself although you're not necessarily recognizable you're on your motorcycle with your mask on um on the streets on your motorcycle and you see you see find images of the Evo car that is left has been left at the side of the road, sort of riddled with gunfire and smoking and burning. And you see a a, a nightly report on KSAF of um, of Zach Flash sort of reporting on the incident and giving sort of a synopsis of Cecile's life and lamenting the fact that you know 
Seattle has come to this dire turn where people are just being kidnapped and murdered on the streets. But you don't really find anything that speaks directly to the fact that uh, Grace has been cited and or otherwise is being looked for. Well, I don't see anything, so I suppose it's fine. No, 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 that's a conspicuous hole. That is a conspicuous hole. Because because Cecile was moved with magic. She very obviously was levitated. They know there's a mage involved. Is there any mention? I'm the mage. (laughs) There's no mention of magic per se. Um, Just that there was a a rather high-profile team of Shadowrunners that had been employed to kidnap Cecile, and there's some speculation as to what the the Mr. Johnson for the job might have wanted the uh, research assistant from Evo Labs for, um, you know, speculation as to why, whether or not Evo is developing some kind of new um, matrix interface or some kind of magic to matrix interface. Considering that Cecile was known to be both a, a mage, a magically active person, and a matrix uh prodigy right is that even possible no no like that's that's grace just saying that out loud is that even possible you think i know i don't know magic computers hell if i know i don't even know about magic okay a fair point race do you do you have any computer skills no okay do you so i I would have to default which I don't know what computer is. Probably logic. That's software. That's not right. What is it? Would it literally just the skill computer? Ideally, it's data search, but I don't. Um, have so you have you have Arcana, and I so I would roll. Let's roll logic and Arcana. 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 Corchata. You mean logic and Arcana separately, or Arcana? Yeah. Any modifiers? Uh, that's plenty of modifiers right there. One. All right. So you're, you know, you're, you're, you've got a fairly solid grasp of magic and how magic works, at least your kind of magic. Um, your, your knowledge of computers is somewhat more tenuous. Grace probably considers them sort of a type of human kind of magic. And, uh, but you're fairly certain that the two are not compatible. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. They run a completely different substrates. Magic is alive, and the Matrix is not. The one place where you think that maybe there might be some crossover is the fact that you know that computers tend to they work on on fiber optics, which is sort of a light interface. So mm-hmm. you, you know, there's you could perhaps speculate that there might be some crossover there, but it seems highly improbable. Yeah, yeah. You oh, don't God. know that much about human society, do you? She's been here for a year. I imagine she knows quite a bit, actually. She just doesn't know how to use computers worth of shit. Yeah. So your understanding probably of of the the matrix searches that Boxer's done and the sources that she's found that claim that, you know, Cecile might have been working on something for Evo that has to do with computers and magic, it might just be pure sensationalism. 
Yeah, that checks out. Hmm. On that note, setting that aside, still vaguely worried. Not that worried, though. But there are no... Boxer did not find... There were no images of Grace, and there were no mentions of a van, so... In my mind, that's the issue. Do you do you see what I'm pointing at? The the fact that it is completely out of the the media's wheelhouse that they haven't said anything about it. Yeah, they might just not know how to report on it. I, probably fine. You're probably fine. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? A lot of things. Um, is Grace doing anything? Has Grace got any specific plans for downtime interim? Uh I want to look into um uh alchemy slash enchanting i i don't even know where i'd find the rules for such things would that just be the chord book or street room what were you going to say sweetie mm, just i have an idea for what boxer might well go ahead and uh and talk paul's ear off about it uh working at my brain my brain you're gonna go work at the yep. clinic yep Kaylee's uh, yeah, so you've uh, take a shift there. It's been a while since you worked at uh, Kaylee's clinic, and you've you know you've sort of made a habit, if I understand right, you've made a habit of participating in sort of the neighborhood watch for your for your block for your neighborhood, you know, taking yeah. care of the people and, and keeping an eye out, which is one of the reasons why you're friends with Vicente. Um, you know, you, you you share a common interest. He's from the neighborhood as well, so he respects your engagement there. So uh, you're going to go talk to Doc Kaylee and, and do a couple of shifts there? When you do a shift at... Uh, no compensation expected. W- yeah, when you do a shift there, what does that usually entail? Uh, well, she has medical experience. Let's see. It's just one. No, upgrade. So you are, are you acting as a nurse or... Uh, yeah. A nurse. Or are you, you're probably not acting as a doctor, but maybe you're like a nurse practitioner. Is that what you, sort of how you picture yourself there? Something like that, yeah. There's already a doctor in the house. Yeah, so Kaylee's obviously happy to see you and, and happy to have your help. Um, she's a, if I remember right, she was an, is she an orc? Yeah, she's an orc. Okay. So you, you spend a couple, you spend a couple of days working at uh, Dr. Lorraine's street clinic and uh basically assisting her um Vicente comes in at some point and uh makes it a point to uh to pull you aside and and say uh he says to you hey boxer um I don't know if you've heard we're having a little trouble in the neighborhood recently um trouble like uh there's some people poking around they're acting a little uh I don't know. They've got something against, uh, I don't know. There might be humanist types. I haven't had, unfortunately, I've been really busy with work. I haven't had a chance to really look into it, but I hear they've been harassing people who aren't, you know, sort of normative humans. Fuck. I'll deal with some. I don't suppose you have a locations where they tend to... I haven't really heard a whole lot, and I haven't really pinned it down to any particular person or location. Uh, it's just lately I've been getting some complaints, some feedback from the neighbors, from the neighborhood saying, you know, claiming that there's been some, some bad blood between humans and metas and 
not even necessarily humans and metas, but just people, something, there's been sort of a, a rash of people going around sort of stirring up bad blood between, well, like I said, not normative, he sort of shrugs a little bit embarrassedly, normative, you know, human people. No offense. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure exactly how to say it. You should ask your wife. I'm sure she has plenty to say about it. But <sighs> he looks sheepish and says, "Ouch!" All right, I'll deal with it. Don't you worry. Yeah, uh, I appreciate just, if you'd look give into me those it. names. The ones who complained, they should be able to get me some info. Oh yeah, I can do that. Uh, let me go pull the the, the reports and uh, and I'll get back to you. Mm, yeah. Other than that, your your couple of days that you spend at uh, Doc Lorraine's is, you know, sort of actually pretty soothing for you and relaxing. Helps you get your mind off things, you know, sort of see the people on the street again, reconnect with some of them that you've known for, for a couple of years now. And, um, you know, everybody's glad to see you and you're glad to see them. So you you, you come out of the uh, this couple of days feeling a, a deeper connection to your neighborhood. And at some point, Vicente does uh, get back to you, and um, you sort of almost get the sense that he's been avoiding you. He feels like he's, you know, that last awkward exchange sort of might have been a bit awkward, so he might be avoiding you a little bit. But he he forwards you a list of names of people who have sort of complained to him about uh, these humanist types that are making the rounds here in Auburn. And uh, in that time also, uh, Curie gets back to you, and she, uh, he says, Oi, cat girl. That's me. Hey, I got that stuff you're looking for. Mm, excellent. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll have to meet. Uh, this will be in person since we haven't, it's been a while. And I'd like to see your face again and, and have a word about a couple of things that interest uh, myself and a couple of other people. So, Not one of your associates? Hmm. Right. right. I say, so. If you've got time in the new yen, let's meet up. Uh, there's this uh, stuffer shack that I like to frequent. They've got some lovely Pop-Tarts. I want Pop-Tarts now. Pop-tarts. How about uh, this tonight? Around, uh, call it 2300. Mm. All right. He drops, you, he drops you a pin on the comm. Don't, don't, don't worry too much about the fact that his accent seems to shift around too much. You never know these types. I'll be there. All right. What else is Grace doing aside from trying to figure out why she's not showing up on the Tridcasts? Um, well. If she's hanging out with Boxer, there's there's a good chunk of time in which Boxer isn't available or isn't around as she's helping out at the clinic, the local clinic. I was going to say um, it might be worth it to start looking for a magical group uh, ah. to initiate with. So I did a quick look, and enchanting and alchemy do not feature very prominently in the core rulebook. So let's take yeah. a quick look at street magic. I, I'm looking at the initiation section right now. I haven't uh, eyeballed alchemy. All right, so Boxer spent some time at the clinic, and she got some unwelcome news from her pal Vicente. In that time, Grace... So what was Grace's motivation in, in saying that in your saying that she wanted to find a magical group? So is is Grace just trying to find a, a deeper connection to the to the magic of the sixth world or what's her motivation? 
Honestly, that is an incredibly good motivation. Studying magic, um, both the magical practices of six worlders, while also learning more about magic and getting connections in Seattle's awakened community, the deeper shadowy part of said community, but still. How are you? How is she going about? How is Grace going about trying to find? Naturally, I will reach out to Greg. And Greg is... He is a talismonger. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Describe Greg to us. So Greg is like... Hold on, let me look at his contact. I remember finding him incredibly hilarious. Okay, so Greg, to connection, to loyalty. Uh, Okay. He is a... I imagine him in my head as like a very, like prissy but not like a high class white guy with like slicked back hair he's um he's on the younger end but he's not like a 20 something he uh he's very new agey you know and mm-hmm. he's utterly fascinated with the horse and um he probably his... tries to keep her to himself sort of in a way that you know so that he can keep her power to himself her power. You know, I imagine he doesn't want to share. He wants to be mysterious about it. <laughs> would he communicate this if she was like, hey, Greg? Oh, no. He would definitely not communicate that to you. He would be, he would treat you, you know, like I'm as stupid. In, no, not even that. He would probably, you know, treat you as an equal with a whole lot of, you know, over flamboyant respect. Oh God! I can imagine it. While at the same point time, not sharing his source of information about you with anybody, while you know talking a lot about his contacts, his magical extraplanar contacts. <laughs> so basically, he's like they're like source, and he's like, I know a guy. Yep, pretty much. I know but a guy. Much more too. mysterious than that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you that I have been in contact with some extra planar beings, and let me tell you, your premise is absolutely false. That's him. I want to punch him. Yeah, so do I. Wait, I'm punching myself. Stop, stop. No, Paul! And then he's just like out. He's fucking dead. Fucking (laughs) sprawled out. (laughs) So you get in touch okay. with Greg. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot him a text, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, Greg, I have things to ask about." Free emoji. Greg calls you by Grace. Mm-hmm. He would know me as Grace. All right. He texts you back pretty much immediately. Um, you're like the greatest source of meaning in his life. <laughs> that implies a way higher loyalty. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, what's his loyalty? His loyalty is two. All right. Bump it up to three. Why not? <laughs> That's the benefit of role-playing these things. Yeah. There you go. His loyalty is now three. And, and he answers back immediately, Grace, what can I do for you? Uh, is this, Would he, like, call me? Is he that kind of person who you message and he immediately calls you? Actually, probably. He, he, that's That sounds exactly right. So you you text him and he immediately you immediately get a call back. 
uh, Grace like picks it up, but she does that thing where like it's a video call, but she's pointing the camera at the ceiling, and she says, "Uh, hi, Greg. Uh, I have some questions uh, about the awakened community in Seattle." I'm so happy you contacted me. I uh-huh. really enjoy our chats. It's so wonderful this connection that we always have. I feel like you know we're always right on the cusp of discovering something great together. I, yeah. You're so special I, to me. I, I'm actually working on that. Um, so I've I've been spending the last uh, year, as you know, studying um, metahuman society. Uh, and by and large, metahumans are mundane. Uh, as a note, Greg is mundane himself. He is not magical in any way. And and at the same time, as you say that, he he sort of makes a scoffing sound like, yeah. Those plebs. <laughs> um, and while it has certainly conferred um, boons upon me that um, I possess a talent that most of metahumanity can't even really comprehend. You're so I, special. Yes, I'm very special. <laughs> but but uh, I'm I'm interested in meeting more awakened uh metahuman oh Um, i can help you with that mm -hmm. just leave that to me i have the contacts i know people grace my Uh, dear friend i will find the right people for you could you could you give me their number um uh let's i think it would be better if we met in person i feel like we should have a a more personal contact um, I mean, I want to judge intentions on this. This <laughs> we okay. need to meet in person. I can't give you their numbers. You can make a judge intentions. Um, since you are working over the phone, you're going to do that with a negative two modifier. That that is that's concerning. I rolled a two. Yeah, you you are concerned, but you think that he is probably. L- unwilling to give up control of the relationship that he has with you. Uh, well, I, I suppose we could meet in person. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, doing some alchemy and enchanting, uh, and I don't really have the tools for that. That wasn't my expertise whenever I was studying, um, at the School of Magic back home. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I will absolutely find you the best people for that. Um, I was more thinking Six World Hermetic Resources as opposed to tutors. No, no, I know people. Grace, let me tell you, I know the best people. The I know best. The best people. The absolute best. Everybody says so. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Um, when will you be available to meet then? Let me make some calls, Grace, and I will, I will furnish a time and a place that it's going to just, it's going to be spectacular, Grace. You're going to meet the best kind of people, the people who have the contacts. Let me tell you, I am so connected. I, I will make sure that you learn, you, you get everything that you need from the sixth world, Grace. Okay, Greg. Thank you. 
I'll uh, I'll see you when I see you. Grace, you will hear from me very soon. And please, if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. I will. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll reach out more. I've just been kind of busy as of late. Very busy. Yes, it's it's saddened me that we have not been able to speak more often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, uh, whenever we're gonna meet, do you think you could like get me some chocolate milk? Of course. Thank you. You would like some real milk, of course, naturally. Yes. Not that soy stuff. No. So déclassé. Well, in any case, anyway, it's been that's all. wonderful talking to you, Grace, and I, I, I am so appreciative of you thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Greg. Goodbye, Grace. He signs off. Goodbye. And she picks her phone up, like, and she does that quick thing where she just confirms that the call actually ended. Yep, it's ended, and jeez. You can make another judge intentions roll if you want. With the minus two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg is by far one of the the stranger characters that you feel like you've met in the six. Bar none. His fascination with you and his attraction to you is, well, probably unhealthy. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'm it, gonna, it's coming, I have a fan club of one. It's coming from a, a point, a place of... of Intense ego, or maybe insecurity. Mm, I'm aware of this, I presume. Yep, like he feels like you're making him relevant in the scene. Mm, I feel like if I can find someone through Greg, like I could probably get that like times two. You know, Would like you... I, I could, I could get that attitude in a more healthy way and have more resources. So Which basically, is exactly why he wants to meet in person. So he can control it. So he's not going to give you the number and let you just talk to somebody on their own. Oh my god. But like, as soon as I meet up with whatever fucking awakened clown he's going to show me to, we're going to like, we're going to go high speed and start talking over my net or something. And he's just going to be fucking butted out of the conversation. Ah, poor Greg. That's hilarious. I love, I love this. I love this. All right. Okay. Boxing. Curie calls you back. Or he already called you back. That's right. And you set up a meet. Yeah. Are you taking? Are you taking Grace with you? Uh, There's uh, safeties in numbers, boxers. Actually, before you before you answer, let me ask you guys and both of you together a different question. So, what's going on? Grace and Boxer are hanging out a lot. How do you guys feel about each other? What's causing you to spend so much time together? Boxer is genuinely pleasant company. She has a very distinct worldview and set of skills from mine. Um, I I just find her pleasant to be around. And I definitely feel safer than I probably would if, say, I was staying with Jake or Greg or anyone else in town. Like that elf. That elf really uneases me. I don't like the elf. Not like, not because she's a bad person. It's... It's just like something makes a con. Like imagine something making a constant static. Just looking at it is hard. Yeah, exactly. So it's her because she's not magically active. It's the opposite. She's the opposite. She's to Grace. I imagine it's almost like she's. It's almost like she's dead matter, but she's not. She's a person. There's animation in what should be nothing. Do you? Would you say that you attribute that to? Deandra's glamour because her mm-hmm. glamour is very odd to you. It's not 
it's not something innately or it's not something overtly magical that Dandere has control over, yet there is something arcane about it. It's like it's a very thin like very thin threads of magic that intersperse all across her skin and her external being. But besides that, like like I in in the astral, she's like almost a void. She's like gray, if that makes sense. Which gray is typically like not technology, but like rocks, you know? Mm-hmm. With like little little strips of color that is her glamour. And altogether, especially because it's a thing that talks to her and moves around and I think at least once has actually touched her, which I didn't roleplay it out how fucking disturbing that would be. But she doesn't like being around her is the point. It's outside but she, of her world. She appreciates Boxer because Boxer's calm and has a, a grounded worldview. Yeah. Once she got over the whole um, animal discord thing. Animal discord as in the sense that because Boxer is anthropomorphic? No, Boxer, uh, she, she disturbs animals. How do I put this? She puts them on edge. It's a magical thing. What we agreed but upon is that, what we agreed upon some time ago is that um, Grace initially was really unnerved by Boxer because while all metahumans are predators and Grace has dealt with predators before, you know, because she she uh is that the at, is that the critter spook quality critter spook yeah i thought it, i don't know why <laughs> animal discord oh because of fucking cataclysm dark days ahead that's where it came from yeah critter spook her critter spook quality nice okay um she's very much aware that boxer is a predator and like at least initially boxer laying her eyes on grace was like it sent her into fight or flight i imagine and she uh, she persevered through that out of pure interest in Boxer because she hadn't met changelings up to that point. You would be having, I think you would be having a lot of that same reaction anytime you're around any of the main character NPCs from the Samovar. That that very uncomfortable. Oh my goodness, this is a, this is something that wants to eat me. Yep, you're like being in the presence of. Apex predators. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. With Even Boxer, though... it's something that she become she's become uh, accustomed to by yeah, just being around her. Them, she's always on edge. Yeah. So even I mean, even Procop, who has a very personable kind of attitude, you know, manner, manner towards everybody. When you look at that aura and the psyche around him, you he's the same as. The two women whose name I've forgotten now because it's late. All right. But in any case, so so we've heard why Grace is hanging out or appreciates hanging out with Boxer. So, Boxer, what is your motivation when you hang out with Grace? For one thing, it's someone who's not really going to look at her differently on account of changeling. I mean, at first she did, <laughs> but she got over it. You know, she sees her as a person, actually a person, whereas most people kind of dimly register animal, question mark. Mm. In addition to that, she's definitely the member of the (laughs) sorority that she likes best. See, 
we don't even need to talk about Cecile. <laughs> but uh, Deandre is also, for one thing, new, but also, mm, she's not a super big fan of her attitude, whereas Grace is just very affable, I guess. Grace is just uh, happy to be alive. She is yeah, a, she's a happy god little during mare. She's a happy little critter. Mm-hmm. Mm, what else? She's also just, mm, well, aside from being a member of the in-group, and she still retains a very strong sense of one of my people. Uh, yeah, that's sort of my take, too, is boxers probably very team-oriented. So once there's sort of even uh, the most superficial trappings of a team, like what you have currently, boxer probably immediately develops a certain type of team loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, you got it right. Like, Grace is part of the team, therefore, you know, it's basically like family almost. Yeah, pretty much. Whether you like them or not, you're sort of tied to them. Yeah, my family. All right, so the the date and time comes around for your meeting with Curie at the Stuffer Shack. Um, it's located in Auburn, um, so but fairly a fairly remote eastern part of Auburn that you're not quite familiar with. Are you taking uh, Grace with you? She would have talked about it with Grace. Like, she would have mentioned it. This is a thing I'm doing. If Grace feels the need to come, well, she can say so. Otherwise, she's not even going to think about taking her. Her safety is in numbers. I, I don't want you to go on. That, it, sounds, it sounds like something that you could get hurt if you went alone. And I know that, obviously, I can't be there as a presence. Well, I guess kind of, but I can't really back you up, but it would be good just in case, you know? I mean, if you want to stay out there, be my guest, but you do understand it's rather late of a meeting. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm. Are but... you guys going to take the uh, the van or the, uh, do you want to take the bike? Oh, she's taking the bike. She hasn't gotten to use it as much as she wanted. So does uh, does Grace get in the sidecar or does she fall in the van? Oh, there's no sidecar. If Grace wants on, she's going to have to hold her. <laughs> That's right. That's Deander's bike. Grace is fine with this. She'll, uh... Are you going to mask or change your appearance or are you going to go as, as yourself? I mean, if it's in the middle of the night, I don't know if I'd, uh, I'd immediately cast any spells. Just like... <laughs> I don't know, uh, cover up my, my face and stuff, um, and like wear my, my, my actual helmet to tie all of my mane back. Once we actually get to a stopping point, I may cast masking. To what extent does Grace even understand the purpose of this trip? Uh, it's by tactical equipment, of course, right? Yeah. Uh. That's, that's a big reason why she's kind of concerned. She has limited experience with, uh, what do you call it, um, people who sell firearms and stuff. Uh, but Jake isn't exactly the, the most unusual, and he also isn't the best example of, uh, yeah. All right, so you guys head off through the night. Um, you know that uh, you're, you're really familiar with Auburn Boxer. And, and Grace... I'm not going to have Boxer roll for driving because she's in familiar territory and there's no stress. But 
Um, let's see here. Do I have boxers? So, you're, Grace, you're impressed by, by boxer's skill and acumen with the, with the motorcycle. She smoothly is, is guiding it through the traffic and finding a very direct route. You, you quickly pull up to a, uh, in a parking lot of a stuffer shack. All the stuffer shacks look the same, especially to Grace, but, uh, there's, uh, there are a couple of vehicles and motorcycles parked in front of the stuffer shack. Um, both of you make a perception check. I am fortunately trained free. Um. Oh, also, I think it might be important to say, um, in the middle of a city, living things, like, really stick out in the astral. I don't know if that'll, that'll affect it at all. Yeah, so, you, I mean, you're seeing, as you pull up, you see there are a couple of motorcycles pulled up, and there are a couple of uh medic humans leaning against their motorcycles smoking and talking uh you identify them immediately as elves and uh boxer you're you basically see a standard stuffer shack do either of you have any kind of gang knowledge i do actually i just realized i haven't updated my knowledge fortunately that's old skills i I also have area knowledge, Seattle and Shadow Community, if those apply at all. Either both of you recognize the motorcycles that are pulled up as uh, having the colors of the ancients, and the the metas that are leaned up against them talking uh, fit the 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 meta type. They're they're elves. They don't seem to be paying you any attention. There's a uh, GMC bulldog, and. Um, a couple of other vehicles pulled up there that don't have any kind of either gang colors or um, corp logos on them. But nobody really seems to be paying you guys any specific attention. Mm-hmm. Alright, Chris. I don't suppose you recognize them? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're ancient members from uh, <laughs> out of town. Yes, that too. The you need to be careful. In fact, is, is she invisible? Or no, otherwise? I imagine uh, what it looks like probably is that there's just a dog wearing a cape. It's the witchy dog, but it's Grace, actually. I don't know how dark Seattle is at night. Like, is it. Are the street lamps annoyingly bright? Uh, yeah, they're pretty annoyingly bright, and the lights from the stuffer shack are, are shining out into the parking lot, sort of bathing everything in a multicolored glow. Yeah, it probably makes sense as they're, uh, as they're approaching. She might have... She probably... Boxer would probably tell her to, because Boxer is very smart. She'd, uh... She'd cast invisibility on herself. Uh, All right. I'm gonna do that. The, uh, the ancients sort of pause in their conversation as you pass by them, Boxer, and give you a look and then just go back to talking with amongst themselves without any further attention to yourself. Um, what are you doing? She's going, well, did he, did he specify a place within the Stuffer Shack? No, he just said uh, the Stuffer Shack. He said he was familiar with it was some something about the Stuffer Shack that he was in. She's looking for with. the the shitty pre-made food, you know. All right, so you're going in. You push your way in, and you you uh, give me a give me a quick. Uh, what call this? Give me a quick. Uh, actually, give me a reaction plus intuition test. 
so uh, I guess that's how much action. Is that right? I think. Okay, so Boxer has the wherewithal and the, and the presence of mind as she's opening the door to hold it open just a tad longer to allow Grace to enter without having to like bump open the door on her own and uh, you enter the stuffer shack it's you know your standard sort of stuffer shack layout um you've been in a million stuffer shacks these are all the same the clerk is standing behind thick uh macroplast armor plated you know could probably take a freaking um you know small cannon shell before it breaks um he's watching you guys and when he sees you enter he it, he's a young orc. He's not wearing any kind of... He's wearing a stuffer shack um, uniform. He motions you over. He sort of does a little beckoning motion with his with his right hand towards Boxer. Yes. Oh, hey, Chummer. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Looking for anything in special or uh, anyone in special? He sort of cocks an eye at you. <laughs> I'm looking for Pop-Tarts, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. All right. Yeah, Pop-Tarts for you. Ah, he sort of motions over. They're waiting for you in the back. Mm, all right. Thank you. So um, in the back is a, you see a, there's a door between the vending machines. Um, it says, you know, authorized personnel only. And uh, you go through? Yes. And Grace, what are you doing? Um, there's a couple of young orcs hanging out, um, shooting, uh, playing some kind of video games, uh, not paying any attention to anything. So... It depends entirely if the people in the room are magically active or not. Um, let's see. Are any of them magically active? She'd, she'd peek between Boxer's legs before deciding to go in or not. Uh, nope. There is literally nobody in this room magically active. In the, the back room? Oh, in the back room. That's a different story. So in the back room, there is there are three people in the back room. Um, and they're all elves, and one of them is definitely magically active and magically perceiving. Um, so if I peek through that doorway, are they liable to notice me? Um, quite likely. Uh, she would have done that and then immediately regretted it. (laughs) Boxer obviously isn't seeing any of this, and Boxer is going on through the door. She has a bit more of a presence than the pony. Yep, she's uh, she's not invisible, and she's also not really magically active, and she's there to meet somebody. So, Grace, are you following Boxer into the room? Nightingale peeks into the room. She sees that one of the uh, the metahumans inside is currently dual-natured, as in they can see into the astral. And then she tries to just duck back, uh, like, against the, the side of the door frame. I imagine she, like, peeked in from the corner of the, the bottom corner of the door, basically. All right. So make a quick, just make a reaction test. Yeah. Hello. Reaction. Just reaction? Mm-hmm. Zero. Well, that's not a good sign. At least it wasn't a glitch. All right. Uh, you don't think they noticed you, actually. They were looking at Boxer mainly. I imagine. I would be so low that the door might actually clo- uh, cover where I was. So I'm not going in that room. I think I'm just going to sit here and listen right. to the, the metahumans out here. Yeah, there are, uh, the, there's a, like I said, there are three or four, call it four young orcs um, 
four young orc males playing some some video games, some trid games, you know, shouting at each other and, you know, sort of acting in the manner that young meta males do when they're competing against each other. I presume there is at some point that they begin to argue about how you're supposed to wipe your ass. Probably. God and bless they, America. You know, they, they start arguing with each other about who would wipe their ass with whom, so... Oh, and are they going to close the door? Uh, no, the door did boxes. close behind Boxer. Okay, I'm going to cast Clairvoyant. Yeah, so that'll be a minus two the spellcasting test. Just enough so that I can peek through the wall. But like, a low peek. Uh, in a way that I can reason out that person wouldn't notice. I think the range would be enough for me to actually snake it around to look behind them. So yeah, they're, that... they're really close to you. I mean, it's not, it's not a big room and they are... They're basically focused on Boxer at this point. Yeah, okay. So, in that case, to cast it force two, and then I just have to drain. There you go. And now I can send the little camera to go around, and I'll peek back at it occasionally just to make sure she's alright. Boxer, you walk into the room, you see uh, Curie, and you've met Curie in person before? Yes. Okay, so just you- one. You see Curie and two other elves. Um, they're all clad. They're all dressed in, in uh, black leather. And uh, they look relatively similar. Curie's got his standard slick back blonde hair. And uh, the other two have their hair slicked back as well, accentuating their, their sort of austere elven features. And... Uh, and Curie's face sort of lights up when he sees you. Oi, Chama, good to see you. Didn't know whether you'd show up or not. Well, I do have some merchandise I'd like. Yeah, it's been a while. I didn't know if our business was a one-time thing or not. Oh, no, I do intend to give you plenty of business. Right, I like to hear it. So, you're looking for some grenades, some boom-boom, and a little bit of a jamma-jamma. I've got just what you need. Do you know? How many of these boom boom eggs would you like then? He reaches under the desk and pulls up a a little sort of suitcase kind of thing and opens it up and spins it around for you and looks at you questioningly. I will be needing ten fragmentation grenades. Right. He rubs his hands together. I like to hear it. Let's do some business. There's ten right there. Little death eggs they are. Indeed. So you've got some, got some fireworks planned, eh? Oh, I just like having them on hand now. <laughs> yeah. I, that jammer, I assume you got what I needed. All right. Did you have Jake. a selection? Jake, show the lady the jammer. <laughs> the, uh, the elf next to him, sort of a, a larger, musc- more muscular elf than, than sort of the standard elf puts a box on, smiles faintly and puts a box up on the desk and opens it up and you see uh, inside of the foam padding you see a little uh, black box with some green lights on it and Jury says, there you go she's a beaut, ain't she? Oh, oh I agree mm. and that is mm, that is graded for usage not too, what did I put it at? I think it was rating 5, yeah I don't know how to say that in this so. Just, say, just call it rating five. I assume that's rated up to signal five. 
Right, she is. Aren't you a magician? Best there is. I've got contacts all over the city. So, you know, you ever need any more gear like this, I'm happy to help. Hmm. Well, maybe I will. Just call this an introduction, then. I didn't know that you. this is going to be a two-way street, then. Oh, you didn't think I'd just fly and forget, did you? Well, you know, we bought some hot items off of you before, but this is sort of... This is interesting. This is new. It's business. Now, payment. That's right. Um, Market I've value. Good books. What a good stick. Oh, I'm not going to charge it over the over market value right now. This is an introductory rate. Mm. Next time, next time we'll see what 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 the market bears. Oh, so what? You're giving me a discount. You know, I'm not charging you. I want to see where this goes. Quite interested well, in this. You see it on the news. Oh, well, I'd rather not wrong. see it on the news, obviously. But you know, if that's how you roll, then that's how we'll deal with it. Hmm. You won't know it's me, but well, oh, I'll know it's you, Lassie. Believe me. Maybe you will. He rubs Maybe his hand together in you know, sort of a odd sense of glee. Your payment and. I don't suppose you can bag this for me. I, it is rather. You can illegal. take the case. Why? Thank you. How big is the jammer anyway? It's not big. It's probably like a size of a cell phone. She takes her merchandise and slips into her backpack. The merchandise, and she hands off the creds. He does sort of a fake tip of the hat to you, and as he checks the cred stick, and he says, "Oi, pleasure doing business with you." The pleasure is online, Cody. Wow. This is an interesting mm-hmm. turn of events, Oxa. I look forward to seeing what we take on next. <laughs> I may have merchandise for you, depending on how it goes. <sighs> or like to hear it. Indeed. I'll it's be going always now. good making new friends. Indeed. A pleasure doing business with you. He reaches out <sighs> a hand to you. She takes it. He gives you a nice firm handshake and a, a grin and... Uh, Again, does the sort of the fake tip of the hat thing, and the other two elves that are with him sort of nod to you, and uh, your business is concluded with uh, with Curie. Mm. She leaves. Who goes that? Nice, confident walk. Before she leaves, whenever I realize the deal is like coming uh, coming to an end, I kind of want to pull a prank on those 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 orcs playing their game. Okay. I want to like go up to one and just whisper poopy head and then just back off and see what the hell happens. All right. So you find one. Are you looking at for one in particular for any particular characteristics? Maybe, maybe the one that's the, that's been like talking the most shit. All right. I mean, yep. sorry, uh, Drek talking the most Drek. The, the one that's talking the most Drek is naturally the, the physically the largest and imposing specimen of the group. Um, from his aura, you also deduce probably not necessarily the brightest of the group. <laughs> so you sidle up to him, and are you going to make a any kind of sneaking test? Yeah, she's trying to be careful. She doesn't want him to realize that, uh, well, at least not exactly where she is, so he could just, like, decide he's going to swing his fist out at her, preferably. Uh, what do you have for active skills you have? I have stealth group. Nice. All right, so um, give us a stealth check. Uh, would invisibility give me a modifier? Absolutely. That'll give you plus four. 
Oh wow. Holy crap. Alright. So you you sneak up to him being careful to keep your your hooves from clippity clopping on the, the linoleum floor and uh you're next to him and you're looking into the trid screen as him and his gang are, are sort of you know shooting each other up in this maze of uh glowing blocks and he's talking smack calling the other dreckheads and you know how they're too slow and get good and all that kind of stuff <laughs> what do you do i'm going to rear up i'm gonna lean in as much as i feel safe and i'm just gonna say poopy head and then immediately uh fall back down and backpedal he's relatively tall even for a troll so make a make an agility test oh no just agility uh, let's see. Agility plus edge. Agility three, sure. Agility plus edge. Why not? Two. Two hits. You rear up. Your hoof almost grazes his shoulder as you lean forward, but you manage to pull it back just in time, and you whisper in his ear, Poopy head. He suddenly looks around. What the frag? And in that moment, somebody sneaks up behind him and knifes him. I'm in the game. <laughs> He's like, Trek, who are the frag? Which one of you fraggers did that? Is you she pulling back now? Freaking mage hoopheads whispering in my ear, I'm going to get you. That's not going to stand. And he's sort of punching the, the, uh, the macroplast shielding on the uh, trid screen. And uh, he's cursing, but you get away with it. <laughs> and he's... Uh, you see the other the other orcs are sort of sniggering, laughing, and one of them says, "Ha ha!" And uh, next thing you know, there's a, a big fight breaks out over there, and there's they're all sort of jumping in, and soy burgers are flying around, and the clerk comes out from behind the uh, the screen and fires off a shotgun shell. Uh, oh my God. Make your make oh. a reaction test. What the fuck? I think I need to make a composure test. <laughs> Uh, so you're, you're coming out, and uh, you suddenly see a scuffle among some young or, you know, wannabe ganger types who are playing some trid games over in the corner, and they start yelling and then um, start fighting. One of the bigger ones has got one of the smaller ones and is shaking him, saying, "Freaking magic fingers! You gotta quit that shit, that drek!" And next thing you know, you see the clerk stepping out of the armored shielding of the. Uh, the stuff for Shaq. He's got a shotgun in his hand. He fires off around. It's obviously a blank or some kind of concussion grenade type thing, and it just sort of bangs. And the the, the orcs, the the younger orcs, scatter. Do you make any kind of? Do you react to this in any way, Boxer? Yeah, she's going for a gun. That's how. Yep. So you reach behind and grab grab your pistol. What is your pistol again? Uh, the cult government. 2066. Yeah, you've got a special sidearm, right? Yep. The one, if you remember, from the yep. old group. So you, you reach around and you realize ah, this is just uh, there's no direct threat to you right now. Yeah. You've got you've got the pistol and you've got the butt in your hand. You're about to draw and you realize ah, I'm not really under any kind of threat here. Hey, that's it's probably reclat. Well, that's a quick draw. So she might not actually have a uh, flap. She just lets her lets herself relax, draws away from it. And Fuck. Grace, that how is happy are you? Terrible firearm safety. Ugh. 
Grace oh, yeah. is uh, is terrified, and she feels terrible about what she just did. Um, and uh, she probably screamed whenever the shotgun went off. Uh, All right. Pinpoint her by that. Yeah, Foxy, you can make a roll. Of what though? Uh, reaction and intuition. Nine dice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You hear a little yelp that you recognize as being the uh, the voice of Boxer, even though you don't see her necessarily as the shot. Nightingale. Of Nightingale, not of Boxer. Nightingale. Yeah, Boxer recognizes Nightingale's yelp. Yeah, she's going to go comfort Horse. Or rather, she's going to... Horse is invisible. Well, she... Well, I was trying to find her by sound. By the sound of her squeak. You did find her. I'm not sure if you want to necessarily expose her by... Mm, yeah, true. She's not going to go over there. She's just going to look pointedly. Yeah, there's a little bit of a kerfuffle. The the clerk goes back into his armored cage, and uh, the, the orcs break it up and, and resume playing with a couple of snide remarks to each other about, you know, My getting God. glasses. And the sixth world is hell. The sixth world is hell. And, and Grace, you're... you're dismayed by the amount of uh, of disharmony. I must bring harmony to this world. You were always, you know, you might have been a rebel back in Equestria, but now that you've come to the sixth world, you probably have a sense of longing for the harmony of, of Equestria. He didn't agree with everything back home, but people didn't act like that. Nope. Certainly not. I, I think she's going to go for the door before she starts hyperventilating. And that means she's gonna push the door open by herself, and and scoot. Boxer will probably be right on her heels. Yep, Boxer, you've got the crate, you've got ten frag grenades and the jammer, and you're a little bit light on crate at this point now. <laughs> Lighter. Lighter. Yep. All right. So, um, out of curiosity, after that little fracas, are you guys changing up your routine? Is Boxer still working at the clinic? Is Grace going anywhere, doing anything different? Uh, what's for one thing immediately after Boxer's giving the horse some puddles because she needs it. Poor horse, poor baby. Um, Boxer's definitely getting into her games as she does, which I'm sure Grace minds. So she does it in VR. Kind of just slumps down on her bed. Though she uh, she is kind enough to set up a hollow projector, fancy, to let her watch if she cares to. I think she definitely would. Is Grace at all confused about whether or not it's real or not? (laughs) I think that things like these probably existed in Equestria. She, She definitely understands the concept of a simulated reality she may not know that it's like there's not like an actual physical process going on that makes all of this possible she may not realize that but she knows that it's not real like she or boxers bodies are okay all right so you spend a little bit of time there's a day or two that's quiet um boxer spends some time at the clinic and Grace spends some time out and about sort of exploring the Sixth World in Auburn. She'd be, uh, like, taking notes and stuff. She might, um... Yeah, taking notes about uh, Seattle and 
um, doing anthropology, uh, if she can like get into any like buildings that are that are currently with disuse, I imagine she'd want to also collect some like artifacts. She probably has a lot of like random baubles in a box back home. I like Curie. All right. Hey, I'm back. So, um, of the the thing that you asked me to do, like something specific, I think that I wanna I wanna go and poke around like abandoned, foreclosed properties somewhere in Seattle, presumably relatively close to the safe house that I've been staying in with Boxer. So you guys are in Auburn at the moment. Auburn is sort of an industrial heart of Seattle. There's a there's a specific phenomena that's actually associated with Auburn called the the Auburn hum. It's just this industrial background noise. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it's not necessarily the best place. So compared to a place like Bellevue or Everett or Snohomish, it's pretty pretty grim. Does mean that there's a lot of abandoned homes, I presume. Um, there's there's some abandoned properties, both industrial and and residential. There might be some abandoned sort of tenement buildings that are sort of just occupied by um, street people, and you know there might be some abandoned industrial areas where there are sort warehouses that are no longer used that you could explore yeah that's what she wants to do um also i'm not sure if this is in the rules because i don't see them in the reagents list but i was thinking it might be interesting if at least a kind of reagent for uh obviously not the only one but a kind of reagent for grace would be like artifacts if that makes sense obviously whenever you use a reagent it doesn't do anything to it physically or like in terms of the psychic impressions left on it it just is no longer um capable of being used as a reagent right um right i think that might be of something something of value uh what i one of the examples i came up with which would be would be like a an old mechanical alarm clock mm-hmm. that someone in the early 21st century used to wake up every day for like their entire life yeah so you go poking around some an old warehouse area um are you taking boxer with you uh she's doing her job so no i probably tell her what i'm doing um honestly it would make sense to summon a spirit just to have my back pocket while i'm doing this today so I'm going to do that. Force three spirit of fire with um, the accident uh, power, optional power. So conjuring group. That's a three, and then it rolls against me with its force, three d six, and the number of hits it gets, I take that drain times two. So that's uh two hits. So that's four drain. Uh, wait, how do I? Oh yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, I don't take any drain, because I'm just that good. Nice. All right, so you locate a sort of a small complex of industrial buildings that uh, pique your interest just because they're abandoned or appear to be abandoned. Um, You enter through a break in a chain link fence and begin scouting the area. What are you looking for specifically? She 
among others, among, among like artifacts that uh, have cultural, personal, or magical significance, be also once documents, just any kind of documentation. I know okay. that those are fairly rare in the sixth world, like paper documents, but yeah. You make your way into what appears to be, so it's a warehouse, it's a large, rather inexpensively built building, it's abandoned. It's gray and grimy, both physically and in the astral. Um, but you do see that there is a portion at one end that seems to be a little bit more interesting on the astral. You make your way there. It's um, it's obviously where the administrative tasks were taken care of. Um, it's an office area, and you see that there are implements and tools and desks where people worked that had some connection to this. Uh, make a test. What kind of test? Let's see. How about logic and intuition? Okay. Yeah, so this this little area where there are, in the physical realm, you see, you know, desks and spaces where probably some kind of computational, computational technology was arranged. It's, it's been abandoned for a while, but you see the lingering traces of people's emotional attachment or meta-human's emotional attachment. And you, you do quickly, as you use your telekinesis, psychokinesis to pull open some drawers, you find a couple of scraps of documentation and, you know, quickly scribbled notes on small pieces of paper. And, uh, yeah, so you find... You find a couple of reagents, you know, things that you could use as reagents. Um, I assume these would be all raw. These would all be raw reagents. They would need to be processed. Um, they just, they have enough significance. They have enough emotional attachment associated with them. Even though it's been many years ago, it's sort of faded. But there's enough there where you could potentially process them if you wanted to. Okay. And uh, make or a... Or do you want me to roll for that? Um, roll 2d6. And then roll initiative. Fuck. Oh, no. Okay, so you find nine items that will count as, as uh, raw reagents. I also have to have to roll half of my initiative. I don't remember if I roll up or down. I guess round up? Sure. I think that's generally the roll. You could just click on the clicky. Clicky. Well, it's, it's just, oh, well, I guess divide whatever I get in half. There you go. So my initiative is five. All right. So let's open the initiative tracker. Grace. You rolled 10, right? Uh, but divide in half because of combat paralysis. I got five. All right. I love the, the crusty just grace, lowercase g. <laughs> so as you're collecting the, the devices and pieces of scraps and fragments, you suddenly realize that you're not alone in the room. Mm -hmm. And just what else is in the room? There is... Jeez, I can't... Well, I, I seem to have renamed you Devil Rat. Ay, ay, ay. Let's retry I this. I can't... <laughs> You're still cold. God damn it! Oh, I'm sorry. I just find that so fucking funny. 
did you do that, Paul? <laughs> uh, oh, you, you renamed my token. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Oh fuck, I'm lightheaded. How do I fix that? I fixed it, don't worry. Oh, where'd you go? You presumably removed me from the initiative tracker. Alright, so you're poking through some drawers and you're pulling out some papers um, with your psychokinesis. And as you come around one of the desks, um, you disturb a large rodent of some kind. Um, not something that Grace has part seen before. And because of this, she is at first more intrigued by it than alarmed by it. And then it like spits fucking acid on her. It's relatively large. I mean, it's the size of a small dog. Oh no. In comparison to Grace, that's like a big dog. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, you know, you Grace's initial reaction to it is one of curiosity, but that only really lasts a split second as she realizes, viewing in the astral, that this creature is both alarmed and threatened by her presence. And she realizes that it does not have necessarily have the intellectual capacity to reason with, and that is it is indeed attacking. Mm-hmm. Not that it's necessarily terribly damaging. Yeah, she doesn't know that. That thing looks pretty scary. It's pretty scary. I mean, it's it's sort of a hairless rodent, the size of a you know a you know a small sized, medium sized dog. It lunges at her and attempts to bite her with some very large canines. And I believe I would dodge there, right? Yeah, you get. So this is a this is melee combat. Yeah. So what do what do I roll here? You well, first it has to roll. Okay. It rolls. So it's going to roll its combat skill plus agility and modifiers. And you're going to do, you have a, for your defense test, you have the option of parry, which would be a weapon skill plus reaction. You can do a block action, which is unarmed combat plus reaction, or you can do dodge, which is dodge plus reaction. So all three of your defense tests are reaction plus either weapon, unarmed combat, or dodge. Check if I have unarmed combat. Dodge is its own skill, yes. You said unarmed combat? Dodge is dodge plus reaction. Block is unarmed combat plus reaction. What was the uh, the other one? Parry is a weapon skill plus reaction. So if you had like uh, any kind of melee weapon skill. Uh, I don't appear to. I guess I'm going to have to dodge, which means I have three die. Alright, so the this creature lunges at you. Oh, shit. And manages to sort of... It looks like it's about to try to sink its teeth into one of your legs. So it gets one, two, three, four hits. You get zero hits. As a matter of fact, you might have glitched. That is a glitch. I think it may be a critical glitch, actually. It looks like a critical glitch. Why do you only have three dice? Okay, so it's reaction, which is two, plus uh, dodge, which dodge is only um, one because I'm defaulting. And you don't have unarmed combat? Uh, No, I don't have unarmed combat, it appears. And I have zero die in that. 
So you critically glitched, and oh, wait a second! Actually, I'm I'm looking at that with my modified reaction. I'm wrong. Okay, so it's reaction plus. If you're dodging, it's your dodge skill plus your reaction attribute. Wait, so is that is it the skill the skill like the amount of die you would roll if you were rolling that skill, or just that skill's value? Yes, the, the amount of dice that you would be rolling for dodge. Okay, so it's one plus three, so that's still three. One plus yeah. three is four. One dodge and two reaction. Okay, so you rolled the right number of dice. So you, Wait. you. No, I didn't. I'm being dumb. Hold on. Make it stop adding the. Uh... Okay, so actually, that's four. Four d six. There you go. That's how many dice I should be throwing out for it. All right. So you got a success versus the devil rats. Four successes, so it got three net successes, and it did four. Then you got one P four, so it did four physical. This is a dangerous rat. It is a very dangerous rat. Um, you resist that with your body plus armor. Yeah, body plus <laughs> So since the armor rating is here, arms, it's this would be impact. It is impact. That's I get AP zero. Is that your that's your roll there? There you go. So I got one, two, two hits out of yeah. how many dice? Ten. Jeez. That's actually right. average. I'm pretty sure, close to average. All right. So you resisted. You resisted with body plus armor. Um, the modified damage value. So it had four P total. You took off two, so you take two damage, or you take two physical damage. As this thing sort of lunges forward as you're sort of distracted trying to pick up these documents and put them in your backpack, it lunges forward and grabs a hold of your leg, of your right foreleg, Uh. and sinks its teeth into you uh, to the point where you're actually bleeding. And the aura in the astral, as you're seeing it, is is one of both fear and intimidation and a feeling of protecting its domain. Well, she is. Uh, is that it? Is that it? Is that its turn? That was its turn. Yes. Um, it's not like mechanically grappling grappling her, right? No. Okay. Well, she's going to to shake it out off of her leg. And then immediately go to cast uh, Levitate on herself. Okay. Um, I believe the... So it's not resisted, obviously. Yeah, that's three force. And she only got one effective force, didn't take any drain from it. But even uh, just one effective force would be fast enough for her to, like, while she starts backpedaling to just take up up off of the, the ground. And she's floating what should be out of its reach unless it can like jump or fly or levitate right. no you levitate yourself up and out of its reach and it's sort of hissing and snarling at you down on the floor what other actions do you take against it if any she she just wants to get those documents with like her psychokinesis and then get out she All doesn't right. you, care you snatch up the documents and you levit- you float right back out onto the street um, the the rat obviously doesn't follow you. It was just guarding its sort of location. 
I imagine. All right. Later that night, when Boxer gets back from the clinic, you tell her about this situation, this event? Naturally. There was a rat. It bit me. It was terrible. A rat? Are you hurt? Boxer, you see a bandage on, on Grace's leg. Front right leg. How bad? I don't... I, I don't think it was that bad. I I did start bleeding, and it kind of freaked me out. You examine it? You want to do a medical test? That bandage, are we going to treat that as, like, her having done first aid? Um, no, that's just fluff. Okay. I would imagine that, that Grace has basically done something to, to staunch the bleeding. And you can do a medicine te- test at this point. Yeah, she's going to do a medical check. Oof. Yeah, it seems like she's taken a wound on her front leg. You you can't quite tell simply because you're unfamiliar with her physiology, but, you know, obviously the the skin or the, the you know, the, the fur has taken damage and, and you see the blood and she seems to have done an adequate job of uh, bandaging herself to staunch the bleeding. It's a bite. Yeah, it, mm. it, it it, uh, I think it thought I was there to hurt it. It got really angry. Yeah, that's what animals do when they get cornered. Mm. Make yeah. a boxer. Make a. Hmm, I thought you had a pertinent skill here. Make, make a survival a test. <laughs> survival? Okay. Where are you going to survive? Yeah, it looks like she's been bitten by a devil rat. Uh, what are the effects of that? Is it just like a bite or. It's just a bite. But, you know, those things are nasty, and it's a good thing that she didn't encounter a pack of them, because they can be quite, you know, individually they're not that bad, but if you meet a pack of them, they can be quite dangerous. Wait, I recognize this. This is a devil rat. Those things are vicious. Uh, How many? There was only one. I didn't get a good look at it. I don't know if it was male or female, or if it was sick or not. It looked it looked it looked sick to my eye, but I know rats are gross. It doesn't matter. Honestly, you're lucky to be all right. <sighs> Look, I'm going to take care of this so it doesn't even get infected. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to apply some antiseptic. Uh... All right, do another medicine roll. In fact, let me get my kit about it. Where's the mod for that? Da, 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 da. There we go. Grace is surprisingly not worried about her injury. She knows that she's not going to get sick from it because, uh, what do you call it? Like, she would have gotten very violently sick at this point if she could contract diseases from six world things. Yeah, you know that you're not going to get sick from it, but you also recognize the fact that that Boxer feels the need to take care of you here at this point. I'm going to let her take care of me. That actually sounds really nice. Yeah, Boxer, you get three hits on that. And so you you take the bandage off very delicately and apply some antiseptic and basically patch together the... It's not a deep wound, so you just sort of put it together and and get a, you know, an artificial skin seal sprayed over it and put a little bandage over it, you know, just for your own comfort more than anything else at this point. Yeah, and, uh, oh, she gets to heal three boxes of physical... Yeah, so she's... Grace has returned back to her uninjured state at this point. No wounds for pretty horses.
The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.